Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. It's late night with the Lakers Fast Break. Truly appreciate you joining us. It's Gerald Glassford. Come right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every week, including some great things going on with Star Wars Ahsoka, some huge Xbox leaks that came out earlier this week. My gosh, there's so much that you weren't supposed to know. We now know about the future of the Xbox, and you can check out our comments there. Plus, we've seen the best and the worst of fighting games. Now, Joe is directly tied to an upcoming fighting game, and I'm going to bring Joe back in here real quick before we continue. Joe, I will tell you what, for the game that you've got upcoming that you are so diligently being a part of and working on, Please, for the love of God, let it be more like the success of Mortal Kombat 1 on the next-gen systems and not the absolute monumental failure of Mortal Kombat 1 on the Nintendo Switch. Please. Yeah, the 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 Switch is a no-go at this point, obviously, especially if you're making a game in Unreal 5. Uh, you have, I'm, <laughs> I just don't think it's going to ever... That's a completely different realm, let's just say. We're very, very impressed with the new iPhone 15 uh, being able to play Resident Evil. Mm-hmm. Uh, not Raised a la- few, more than a few eyebrows. Yeah, not any lag and not a, not a bad... You know, I don't know what it is about Resident Evil. It just has good vibes coming from it, no matter what it does, it seems. So it, it the, the thing with, with, with the timing of this is that's really what it is, is the timing. The timing is we're coming on uh, possibly a new IP that could resonate. And the resources used to create this are nowhere near what most of the big boys spend on the games uh, because it's been independently uh, created and there is an independent... Uh, crowd that's 
very excited to see what an indie can do in terms of impact. Uh, we had discussed the possibility of going mainstream with a particular deal should it arise, but we're going back and forth right now on whether we want to do that because we lose that elegance of the indie kind of area. And we're going to find out here in the next six months. We'll find out if it's a dud or we'll find out if it's a stud. If it's a stud, life's going to change for a lot of people, including us here at the show. Because if this hits, it will be like winning the Powerball. And I equated it I equated it to this, and I might be wrong. I might be wishful thinking here, but I'm, I'm the analogy I was, I've been using to make it make sense to those who don't know the, the, the video game world is for the last 35 plus years. And in between there, you've had other game, you have two other games that have come to fruition, which is street fighter, mortal Kombat, and Tekken. I equate those three games in terms of their reputation in the fighting game world as ABC, CBS, and NBC. We may be Fox in the mid-80s coming in as the fourth network. That's the easiest way I can explain it. Should it hit? If you ever put it out on the Switch, make a separate version, don't port it. For (laughs) the love of God, Matt, do not port it onto the Switch. We are not doing anything on the Switch the current switch, I promise you, that's not happening. It's just not no, it's possible. A, it's a hundred million install base plus, and that's why the people are doing it. Just, it's not. It's not. You've got to make a separate version that takes. You back. I I know one one hundredth of the knowledge of you and my friends who are in, heavily involved in this, and even I know that. Uh, believe me when I say this. This is a next gen game. It's going to be on the Series X, or it's going to be on the PlayStation Five. Or a platform. Uh, I'm sorry, or a PC, sorry. Uh, one of those three, or all of them, or whatever. Uh, but not the Switch, not the current Switch. You just can't, uh, you just, people have learned their lesson. You just cannot port straight ports. You got to make a separate version for it. Otherwise, it's a serious mistake. But we're, well, yeah, thank you, Bloodhound, for the uh, words of encouragement. Again, we're, where this is a this is a business that is extremely uh, volatile, and I, I I can't even really use a better word. It's actually worse, but volatile is something that makes sense. It is a constant one step forward, two steps back business. You have to be a nutcase to ever get into this business, entertainment oh. business. Not the I think that explains video itself game. for Joe. Yeah, video game, you know, and what the reason why it's 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 appealing to some of us is some of us it's who we are, i.e. my uh, friends who are the developers, this is what they're wired for. It's all for nothing, all or nothing. For me, what what could derive from it is what I'm going after. We're talking about movies, TV, uh, esports. There's a lot of things that that, that will come out of this. And it doesn't matter if it's video games, TV, music, it, it all kind of intertwines together now. All those genres come together in some way, work together. So the network will will obviously grow in, in, in abundance and also uh, will have a reputation of being a, a kind of the maverick crew that created a game that battled the, the, the greats. 
Well, there you go, indeed. But also going ahead and making sure that you know, as he'll keep you up to date with what's going on with Corrupt. Also make sure to let you know Inside Sports Fantasy Football, where we talk week three in the NFL and everything going on there and how you should not hit the panic button for your fantasy football team. Plus also as well, of course, Symbolates, SymbolatesWithAY.com, LakersBall.com as Ox1947. Of course, the Lakerholics crew of Jamie Sweet and the number one Lakers blogger that is out there, Mr. Laker Tom, who provided even more crazy things, as we'll talk about here in a sec. Our good friends, Empire Jeff TV, subscribe today, and John McCallion, also as well to his YouTube channels. And please, subscribe. Hit that little Joe with the beady eyes right next to Sean, probably scaring him as we speak. But please go ahead and subscribe today, right there for us at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. But great show tonight. It's a little late in the evening. Our guest, uh, unfortunately, had to go ahead and reschedule. We apologize for that earlier today, so we decided we're going to go ahead and do something a little special for you tonight, a Lakers-centric podcast indeed. And it all starts with the latest rumors. A big thank you for the Super Chat for Intel Wild. Best Lakers channel out here on YouTube. That's the Lakers Fast Break. And we, as a biased community here at the Lakers Fast Break, agree with you on that, Intel Wild, and truly appreciate your kind gift as Extremely appreciated by all of us. But recently, Sham Sharania from The Athletic did report that uh, contract extensions have, as far as the negotiations, have kind of stalled for Indiana and Buddy Heald. So they've started to go ahead and uh, if they didn't already, guys, they have already are now kind of going in the process of looking for a trade for Buddy Heald. You know he has been the source of one half of the fascination for Laker Tom for over a year now, and this has only turned up the wicker even more for Laker Tom, as we'll discuss with him on Lakerholics this weekend. First up, first man here, it is Mr. Simblades himself, Joe Storo. And Joe, you're hearing all this on Buddy Heald, great shooter. But as was explained earlier in our chat, even before we went on the air, uh, with 805 Hiking, who is a good friend of the show. Truly appreciate him coming back. Good to hear from him. He was very upset with us as far as even talking about this. But the problem is, in Lakerland, they're talking about Buddy Heald possibly becoming a Laker. I don't know where that thought process goes on why there would even be a chance of him coming to L.A. The Lakers have set the team for success currently, and uh, and they're going to play this out until they absolutely can't. Their contracts for certain players like uh, D'Angelo Russell uh, specifically is set so that it can maneuver if it has to, but ultimately I think they're, they're banking on the fact that this is going to be the team that starts and finishes together and hopefully with a Larry O'Brien trophy uh, coming to, to L.A., there are a lot of scenarios for Indiana, probably better contracts and maybe better uh, draft capital coming their way. Uh, the first team I thought of when I heard that Indiana was going to move Buddy Hill was Boston. Because right now, uh, Malcolm Brogdon is not happy in Boston. So I wouldn't be surprised if there was something there. And that would be something that would definitely... Benefit. Didn't Indiana trade him to Boston? 
I mean, I'm just saying it's it's going to be one of those things where if they're that desperate to move that contract, I don't know. Uh, it's the first team I thought of. Uh, draft capital coming back could be worth it. Then you have Memphis. I think Memphis could use someone like Buddy Heal to spread the floor a little bit more. They do need some shooting. Uh, either way, I believe it's going. He's going to a contender, one way or the other. I just don't who's, see how. Who's more valuable with an expiring contract right now, Buddy Hield or OG and an OB? That's a good question. Who's more valuable in terms of the player? Yeah. Well, OG. OG, OG, of course, he's a better player. Absolutely, yes. I, so, I don't. I, so, I, yeah, another I think, source of Laker Tom uh, fantasy trades, by the way. Of course, of course. But, but Buddy Heald plays a a needed Sorry, Joe, for interrupting. No, it's okay. You weren't. You never interrupt me. Uh, if you have something to say, just tell me. Uh, Buddy Heald is a merc right now. Get ready to watch him as a mercenary for the rest of his career until he can't shoot. So whomever goes after him ha- has to be a contender, and they know that, hey, we need this guy to really spread the floor and be that guy that can be the dagger when we need him. And Memphis and Boston right now are the two teams that I believe desperately need someone like that. How the trades can come together, I don't I don't know. And as far as the Lakers are concerned, the only way I see that trade happening, which would be completely out of left field, is if they package something with D'Lo to send him to Indiana. But why would you do that before you see how well he plays at the beginning of the year? You still don't really have a point guard except for D'Angelo Russell. I know LeBron plays the point forward, but you don't want him handling the ball for you. Don't consider Gabe Vincent a point point guard. We don't know that yet. You're yes, I I, I do from what I've seen in Miami, but it's but it, this is going to be a little different than the Miami setup. We have to see how Gabe does in this setting with LeBron and AD. Until we see something, I don't think the Lakers should trade anything at this point. It's just not. It, it's not. It's not good. Uh, it's not good business. It doesn't look solidified if you do something like that. Which it just. I don't see it. I don't see they're gonna. They're gonna give this thing a shot, and I just don't see how this team isn't gonna play well if LeBron and AD are not injured. Team skill set. All these guys. They all. They all have the perfect skill sets to play with this team. I don't. I. I we have to let it play out. I just don't see. Uh, a buddy heel trade in any way coming LA's way. It's just not, uh, just, just no way. I, I can't see it. I'm sorry, I don't. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. Uh, so you would watch The Tomorrow War before The Matrix? Yes. If you forced me down, you, I was tied into a chair, and I had to watch one thing, I would say The Matrix Resurrections. Really? Funny. Yeah, because of all the cutscenes, I could remember what a good movie was like. <laughs> <laughs> well played, sir. Well played. Yes, that's the only reason for the flashbacks, to, to remind you what a good Matrix movie was. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, it's the Lakers Fast Break. It is a late night edition of Lakers Fast Break. Truly appreciate you joining us. It's Joe Sorrell and Gerald Glassford right here for you. But also here today, good man indeed. He's the madman from Toronto. He is really staying up late night right there for us. But he did come in to go ahead and talk so Buddy Healed, along with the rest of the topics for today's show, it is the Magic Man, Sean Grice. And Magic Man, great to have you here. Uh, we could deny the fact that Buddy Healed is a possible option that's out there for us. But when you look at a team that finished 25th in shooting, and even with Christian Wood, you know, and a couple other additions, Torian Prince and all that, not 40% shooters, they're like high 30s type of shooters which should improve us uh, our, our shooting a little bit but not the big home run hitters that you're looking for as far as behind the arc unless d and austin reese continue to pop behind there your thoughts on buddy healed as long as he's out there i think it's going to be talked about and possibly be acted on but you're talking about someone who would still be coming off the bench right i'm sure in a vacuum on a team like the sacramento kings or the Indiana Pacers, he looks good as your uh, shooting guard or small forward. But, Gerald, come on. On a contending team, you're coming off the bench, buddy. That's I, just I agree. That's just the way it's going to be, you know. And I said it in the comments, Gerald, if you really believe that he's this kind of volume three-point shooter and he can kind of um, replicate or try to uh, reach his heights as an efficient volume three-point shooter, then you have to be sure he's your James Posey coming off the bench and going to help you try and win a championship. And I just, I don't see it right now, Gerald, especially with us for all the reasons Joe mentioned. I'm not going to, I'm not going to repeat it because Joe spelled it out eloquently, but the fact remains is that we, we still haven't seen how this group, is going to um, to play together, and now you want to insert a new part uh, with the wheels already up in the air. It's going to be kind of hard, especially considering the fact that, as Jamie's mentioned this during like Rob's entire tenure up until the trade deadline, he usually doesn't make those kind of uh, pivoting trades, Gerald, especially when you haven't even tipped the ball up and played a game with this group yet. Look, Heal does a lot of good things out there. He's a volume three-point shooter. He could shoot over 40% from his career. That's a given. 
he's a pretty good free throw shooter, even though he can't really create his own shot anymore, Gerald. Uh, when he first came into the league, uh, he rare he he was a like a I think a tick under about uh forty percent on the shots he was uh, assisted on. Now it's closer to sixty percent because Gerald, you know what happens even when shooters uh get north, uh south of thirty, the wheels on the bus aren't going round and round anymore as well as they should be now you might be a little perplexed when you say that just looking at his career arc because he doesn't really miss a lot of games if he's available he could play uh there was even a story uh last year that he was he was violently ill gerald and he still wanted to play for the pacers he showed up to the arena still sick and Rick Carlisle and the staff basically had to beg him to go home and get well. So it, it's strange to say that the, the Lakers really shouldn't be looking at Buddy Heald. But as of right now, we shouldn't be looking at Buddy Heald. Well, you know, Laker Tom is always looking at Buddy Heald, especially when it comes to adding him in a package with, of course, Miles Turner, which he's been dreaming about for over a year. Joe, I'll bring it back to you again. If the serious talks come to fruition in regards to what we see with Buddy Heald being shopped out there on the marketplace, I want to ask you this, my friend. Would you have to attach Miles Turner to make it happen? I don't know if Indiana wants to trade Miles Turner. I think there's been rumors that they've been looking, but I, I think they would have done it by now if, if they really wanted to get rid of Turner. I don't think they should. I think their team is more complete with him on the team and guys like Matherin and, and Halliburton, you know, that it kind of balances the roster out. Uh, the Buddy Hill situation is you, you can't pay everyone $30 million in, in Indiana, so try and get some compensation for, for him now would be would be best for the organization in the future. Uh if they were to package Buddy Heald and Miles Turner, it would have to be for a star, at least if I was running Indiana. Who? I don't know. I don't know who would want to go to Indiana. And at, at the moment right now, there's some crazy rumors right now saying that Damian Lillard's trades is about to kind of take on a whole new dimension. Um they're saying this thing might get done here soon within the next week, if not less. Uh, I don't know if that's the first domino before the James Harden situation. I don't know if Indiana has any play in those things. Uh, unfortunately, it is Indiana. No one wants to go to Indiana. And usually the mid-level type teams don't usually get a Kawhi Leonard out of nowhere where someone's trying to send their players somewhere, right? Yep. But I think this is just a simple issue in contract negotiation uh, buddy hill didn't want to extend at the m number that indiana wanted and and now they have to shop shop them out that's it there's nothing else i think beyond this i don't think miles turner has anything to do with what what's going on with him and uh indiana would be if, if i was running indiana again i i would i would keep miles turner because uh, you don't get too many bigs who have his skill set and you already have two really good perimeter players, one that's 
about to ascend, the other one that has the ability to ascend, why would you get rid of someone who can kind of stabilize uh, your team in terms of balance? For what? That's the thing is for what? Who are you going to trade these guys for that are going to be better players? I don't see anybody out there that's that's better at, the, at, at this point. That, that, that it would make sense. Are you going to rebuild in Indiana? Haven't you been rebuilding for the last 20 years since Reggie Miller's been gone? No. They don't really look to do that anyway. They're one of, they're one of the few franchises that has never had a, a number one overall pick. So they don't go out of their way to try and tank either, Joe. Yeah. So I, I know a lot of people just love throwing them into the trade machine with the Lakers just because it's convenient as convenient as AF. But the fact remains is that they try, it's like for them, it's like eight seed or bust. It's like they try and make the playoffs, get a little bit of gate money and be happy with that. They don't really try and tank. I will ask you this, though. Great comments in our chat so far. Intel Wild with the Super Chat. We love the Lakers fast break. And Darren also with a great Super Chat. And thank you so much. Truly appreciate it from the bottom of all of our hearts here at the Lakers fast break for your kind and generous tips for us and also the Super Chats and Super Thanks out there. Darren said, what are we going to try and get for D'Lo? If he plays well, do we write it out? Which is a good question. Again, D'Lo to me is someone in the regular season who's going to look a lot better to people than what we see in the postseason because of certain gifts that he has seems to play well for him in the regular season than what it does in the postseason when some of his flaws stick out more. So I ask you, Sean, when it comes to D'Angelo, I had said before, and I'll say it again, this is his probably most crucial year of his entire NBA career because we will see He's on a playoff, t- you know, with everybody, everything goes right and everybody's healthy, a serious playoff team. He could be at the front of it playing a key role and could be thought of after a great year or a really solid year as a player who should be a solid starter in the league with a nice big fat contract for years to come. Or it could go a truly different way if it goes wrong indeed. Yeah, Gerald, it, it, you're right. It, it it's you know he's either gonna keep going down this this nice smooth path, or it's gonna veer left real quick. Like it's it's probably gonna yeah. escal escalate. You're right. There's only like one or two ways. If you're gonna get like uh, 15 points, seven assists, and 40 percent from beyond the arc, I'd say that's a big win for D'Angelo. Yes, yes, a hundred percent, absolutely. Um, and, and it, you know. Um, and I would look at it this way. I think it also has a synergistic effect if if he has those numbers because if he's shooting well from beyond the arc, he normally does. But that that really tells me that somebody else or maybe two or three other Lakers as well are shooting well from beyond the arc as well. You know, you have D'Lo that's a volume three-point shooter drill. We have Torian Prince who's a volume three-point shooter. You're trying to add in Christian Wood, who's not a volume three-point shooter, by the way, although uh, some people try and uh, slip that in. Why would we add Buddy Heald at this point? Uh, You know, that's great that you, like, if you have shooting, it's a lot like having uh, pitching in in the playoffs. 
can never have too many arms. You can never have too many defensemen in the NHL when you're trying to win a Stanley Cup. You can never have too much shooting. Fair enough. But the fact of the matter is, is that this team already has, I think, uh, requisite perimeter defense to hold up uh, if you have injuries and that. I wouldn't want to see that depleted just to try and get Buddy Heald and Miles Turner, who, by the way, Gerald, you've said this countless times, Buddy Heald is on an expiring contract. And Joe Joe has said it as well. Watch him play really well this year. He might come out of the fight. D'Angelo is kind of on an expiring contract in a way, too. Yeah, so both of these guys could very well come out uh, hell on wheels, basically, uh, shooting. So... And if that happens, why why mess with a good thing? I do want to say to Alice out there, great to have you here. I do want to make a correction. I think I was pointing to your direction last week uh, in regards to training camp. Training camp for the teams that are going uh, outside the United States, uh, overseas, they will start on the 25th and 26th as far as media days. Media day for the Lakers because they're, they do not have to go overseas will be on October the 2nd, and training camp will start on the 3rd of October. So I wanted to clarify that to you next time I saw you. was keeping it in the brain, the memory, to make sure that I'd hit you up on that. But I wanted to go ahead and let you know from there. But, Joe, I wanted to ask you this. Uh, I do appreciate your thoughts on this in regards to Buddy Heald. Uh, he's still, again, you're going to hear his name now continuously until there is a trade that takes place because it looks like now that they're they're listening more to trade offers or they're actively seeking trade offers for Buddy Heald. Uh, I think that a package would be easier and more acceptable to all parties concerned. But then again, it, like you said, if you give up Miles Turner and Buddy Heald, you're essentially going ahead and saying to yourself, we're punting on another season in Indiana. They're already the 30th salary team in the NBA. They're dead last. There's really no pressure for them to dump salary just because they are trying to get through some kind of threshold. They have a very good, solid team. They can compete, and I believe they will continue to compete. I believe Buddy Hield will get traded to a contender. They will get some assets in that trade because Buddy Hield does possess a skill set, and someone will want to take advantage of a expiring year of a shooter who is going to put a lot of effort in, who already puts a lot of effort into being available. Something that I think we need to commend. I know it's sad to do this, you know, commend someone to being available. Wow, well, that isn't that your job? It's kind of like saying, well, he's a good dad. Uh, he's supposed to be a good dad. He shouldn't be getting patted on the back on that one. But Buddy Hield actually likes to play basketball, folks, and he doesn't like to miss games. That is my kind of guy. The I, age I, thing, you know, he's was yeah, a little bit the, older the, than the, what he said. It doesn't he was really matter if he's shooting 40% from three. He could be 40 years old as long as you're hitting those shots. At a 40% clip, you're always going to have a job. Yeah, I always thought Michael Thompson was older than what he said, too. It's, uh, there's something about these bohemian guys. Just, you know, they're 25, but they, they, they look 21. So it's, you know, who cares? Dirk did the same thing. 
Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying, but, but yeah, you're right. He, he, when he, he plays a lot of the games, he's more uh, available than most players in the league. And he does shoot 40%. And like you said, Joe, as long as he can do that, he's going to stay in the league, you know, for another five to seven years, I could see that happening despite whatever age he actually is. So Sean, I ask you this, my friend, again, you're going to still hear him in the midst of Lakers rumors and not just from Laker Tom, even though a lot of it will come. Are they, are they, have you heard rumors? Yes, I've heard rumors. That's is all over Shams there. just saying that just to get clicks? Is that the no, kind of game no, he's playing now? I think it's both the from the when he hears these things, you could say it either comes from the team that's actually told him to go ahead and leak that out, or from the uh, agent. Okay, uh, I it, want someone to explain to me why this is even a discussion and why the Lakers would do this. I need a legitimate answer to that question. Well, I could. Why say would the Lakers set up their team the way they have? Only to say, hmm, let's trade our only point guard for a shooter. Yeah, it's almost like Robin Peter to pay Paul. A, you must have to have a confidence. No, he's not their only point guard. Gabe Vincent is also a point guard. So you'd have to have a ton of confidence in Gabe Vincent. B, the team finished 25th overall in three-point shooting. I'm not just a, I'm not saying it myself. I'm saying you're asking why. Those are the those are the reasons why it's because you must be infatuated a with game Vincent and you must be infatuated with Buddy Hill's shooting to bring you up substantially from where they ranked last season. That's the reasons why you ask for reasons why those are the reasons why somebody out there might be. Now, personally, I would keep it as is. Uh, I think Buddy Hield is a solid player, but he's not. I don't think he moves the needle enough. Is he going to be able to play in a crunch time playoff type format with his lack of defensive skills, even though he's going to probably get, you know, take a lot and make a lot of, of clutch three point shooting. You're going to have a lot of give and take with him. We talked about other players that might be eligible. Laker Thomas thrown a ton out there. OG and Anobi is the only one I see that I'm really interested in. He had a ridiculous one with included uh, Isaacs and uh, Gary Harris from Orlando. And I was thinking, my God, what are you smoking? But then again, we all know what Laker Tom is smoking. Your thoughts, or do we? Maybe we don't. So I've seen I, him smoke stuff, haven't we? Uh, no comment. But I will say this. I asked my friend, if you wanted some questions on that, that's why his name is being bandied about in Lakers circles. I'm just telling you why. I didn't say I agree with it. I'm just telling you why. This This would have made sense in July. Right now, it doesn't. I agree. Right now, I, I agree. Right with you. now, there's way too much continuity build, building. There's too much focus on the team being built and ready to start the season. I don't see any chance of anything going on. Plus, the Lakers would have to give up some kind of draft asset, and I don't think they want to do that for Buddy Heald at the moment. I mean, we don't have enough assets for Damian Lillard. Now, that would be a player I could be interested in as far as a possible trade scenario there. Sean, but Buddy Heald at this point in time, unless it, it comes with Miles Turner, is something I think at this point in time, which you and I both know after a year of waiting and through wading through all these Laker Tom isms that we've had to wade through all these uh you know past few months, more than 12 months when it comes to Miles Turner, Buddy Heald, that I think is just a ship that sailed. I think unless right now, unless you hear Damian Lillard's name in Portland saying, hey, you're interested in him, I think really right now that they just are, you know, are going to try and go to bat with the team that they have now. 
Oh yeah, definitely, a hundred percent, Gerald. I agree. This, this is this. You planted your flag with these guys. This is who we're going to war with, and uh, you don't, you don't. What we talked about, you don't bitch out before you find out what you have. You don't do that. It's against the man code. You don't do that. Uh, Rob's not going to do it. Darwin Ham's not going to do it. And like you, Joe, have uh, illustrated, there's no. It makes no sense to pivot for. I'm just gonna say it's a like a lateral move. Like even if you acquired Miles Turner, I still think it's a lateral move. And you have to have all the faith in the world in Gabe Vincent. Yes, as your D-Lo only true as your only true point guard. Yes. Yeah. And you'd be stuck in a position similar to what the Phoenix Suns are in right now. They really only have one true point guard on the team who's not a real point guard. So they're going to eventually come up against a wall, and I don't think they're going to be able to solve that conundrum. I don't want to see us in a similar position either, Gerald. I think if you made a move like this, you also had to keep in mind that you're going to have insurance at the point guard position. So you wouldn't be left with, you know, your if pants you get TJ McConnell in the deal, I may be more interested. TJ, yeah. TJ McConnell, or maybe you're, you get a, in uh, Monte Morris from Detroit, just somebody to kind of stabilize that point guard position, because this move in and of itself doesn't really make us better. It depletes us, makes us less athletic, less younger. And pl- not to mention we're also going to have to deal with the inevitability, Gerald, that once Gerald Vanderbilt is available for trade, that that I, I think Tom Tom's going to have a change of heart about Gerald Vanderbilt. Well, that's six other, months away. Yeah, and some other Laker fans will too, and we won't hear the end of that until, thank God, when the trade season is over, Gerald, and the trade deadline passes. You know, that's one of my favorite days. Because he becomes eligible for a trade after the trade date. So essentially, he is not eligible no, for, eligible for a trade, trade this, this year in just yep. the summer. Yeah. So, but, but the, I, I think search, it won't well, stop me, Tom. It won't, it won't no, stop nothing Tom. Stops it. No, it won't stop Tom. Take a look at his <laughs> medium. Uh, I actually posted the link for his medium articles. It's certainly not stop Tom, indeed. But, you know, before we go ahead and move on to the other subject we want to talk about for today's show. I wanted to go ahead and mention something that Serge has said, and and I got I see his point, Joe, and that is uh, how do you not show interest in a pure shooter? It's always nice to have one because I don't know if you want to consider D'Angelo and Austin pure shooters. Do, do you want to see a little bit more from them before you say that? I think they're good shooters. There's have been statistically been right there at the forty percent mark behind the arc. So you could say that they're really good shooters. Are they pure shooters? Do you think that that would qualify? No, I don't think they're pure shooters. Buddy Hield is a pure shooter. So Someone you can like... see the interest that some have in getting him on the Lakers. No, I, there there would be great interest. Uh, we would love. I would love to have him on the team, but at the expense, unfortunately, no. The expense would be you'd have to give up a player whom. I've said several times is going to be the main this year as soon as he makes a mistake. So we're not (laughs) – we need D'Angelo to play the way he played in the good games, uh, and we have to understand that he's going to also have some duds. He is not a 
superstar, superstar. He is a very good player. And if he improves just a little bit, it's going to benefit the Lakers greatly. And then if you have a backup point guard in Gabe Vincent or however that plays out during the year, then you've just added even more benefit to the team. That There's so many opportunities for this team to succeed with the current roster that it would it would you'd be doing yourself a disservice by not letting it play out a little bit because you might have an itch to get something that you want, which is really a good shooter. Somebody like Buddy Hill, who's a, who's a sniper. I think that's the the word I, uh, I was thinking about. I couldn't remember sniper, you know, somebody like Adele Curry, somebody like uh, Glenn Rice towards the end of his career, someone who can shoot the second you see them open, you're worried. That's, that's, that's the best way to explain it. Uh, with Austin Reeves and D'Angelo Russell, I will say this. When the ball releases from their hands, it looks good every time. So whether you want to call them pure shooters, I don't necessarily see them as pure shooters. I feel like D'Angelo should have been a pure shooter. I think that would have made his career completely different had he been a more consistent shooter. But we unfortunately don't have that kind of D'Angelo Russell. I think that's what's pretty much kept him from becoming a perennial all-star is the fact that he, Sasha Vujicic is too much. Not as to the extent of Sasha where he'd miss everything except for one year, but he's he's just not consistent enough. And the timing of those shots aren't consistent enough in big games to make that that next level kind of leap into into superstardom. But we don't need him to be that. We need him to stabilize the offense. We need him to play as good team defense as he can because we know his individual defense is never going to be anything that he can hang his hat on. But we need him to make those shots now that you have a little bit more floor space with someone like Christian Wood. Uh, And, of course, if AD is – playing 70 games this year it's it's uh the intrigue is there i'm i'm very curious to see how this develops and the lakers are going to come out the gate playing in my opinion the two teams that they're going to have to battle in the west in denver and phoenix if they can split those two games i'll feel a little bit better about what what they're probably where they're probably going to go barring any major injury and it's gonna and D'Angelo and 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 uh, Austin Reeves are gonna play a big part of that, and hopefully Gabe Vincent can add you know some pressure on the D'Lo to make him play better as well. And of course, whether that does that or not, either way, I think we kind of solve that problem if either one hits. Exactly, Bloodhound seventy three. You know, it's, it would have to be Gabe Vincent, but who would back Gabe Vincent at the point guard? Unless you're talking about LeBron James and putting a 38 to 39 year old out there that's used to, you know, playing a different position now than what he once did, you know, in the bubble, it was great. He was still have that athleticism and just be able to, you know, the energy to go ahead and and do everything for the point guard. But I don't think you want to go ahead, Sean, and put as much, I mean, I'm sure there will be times that he has the ball. That's, that's just LeBron James. You're just going to have so much activity from him, you know, that you still can, but, it's going to be flashes. It's going to be a little bit of this, a little bit of that. He's we're, the team 
knowing that it's probably going to be a good season, barring any health issues, it's a talented team. It should be the case where you try to save the activity level for LeBron. So having two guards that can go ahead and handle the ball and a third guard in Austin Reeves that can also do some playmaking. Although if you make him the point guard, I think that's asking for a lot. And I think that's asking for trouble. Oh, we saw Gerald. He was a yeah. terrible point guard. Yeah. Yeah. That's not going to work, but you know, there's still people that talk about that. I, I like Buddy Heald. I respect Buddy Heald, but in the end, unless you're going to be able to get him without sacrificing too much, it's going to be something that the end ju- ju- just doesn't, justify enough the means that in order to go ahead and do it yeah i mean it would have to it would have to be similarly along the lines of what the clippers uh got in return for luke Kennard. like that it would you know if you want multiple second round draft picks sure we'll, we'll take we'll take buddy heels for that but you're not i i'm not gonna give up um and deplete what I already have at my guard position, especially at the at the point guard, for essentially a, another volume three point shooter, uh, and again, like it's not just robbing Peter to pay Paul. There are ripple effects here, and you just mentioned one of them, Gerald. It's you're trying to reduce or put less stress on LeBron and his stress minutes in the NBA. The stress minutes should be saved for the playoffs and or, you know, very competitive regular season games. That being said, if you traded D'Lo, got Buddy healed, again, it's like put putting one finger on one dike and then it creates uh, another dike uh, and you've got another, another, another leak pro. in the dike, yes. Exactly, exactly. And that would be the ultimately the, the long-term problem there. And you're right, there's... There's just no point. Although everything that everyone has said tonight is is justified, including Search and uh, anybody else in the chat who said, "Well, you know, you can never have too many too much shooting." Well, that's true too. But uh, I mean, it, it, we don't live in a perfect world either. So well, you have to also make the your Joe choices. Soro rule. Don't forget the Joe Soro rule because you're always, uh, uh, you know, subtracting what a career shooter does. Like right, Joe. What is your golden rule about Lakers uh, shooters when they come to Lakerland and Hollywood Tinseltown? Yeah, the sphincter in LA is different. So you always drop at least a few percentage points once you've got the LA lights on. The LA lights do something to the body that tenses the, it up a little bit. Yeah, it's so true. But the the only, it's like really the only guy who never caught that voodoo was Glenn Rice, but he was only here for a year. And they and, and he was and this is the amazing thing about Glenn Rice. I understood that Phil Jackson always had to have a guy to go after. Is that better, Gerald? Yes. <laughs> he always had to have someone in the canine house. Is that better, Gerald? Yes. Okay. I don't want to say dog. I don't want to offend anybody out there. Thank you. You Because it might mean something about dogs. And then almost all of a sudden, I'm Michael Vick. Well, it's just a less of a headache. (laughs) Uh, Okay. So the Lakers won 67 games in 2000. And MVP, Shaq, Kobe, 
first team all defense coming into his own, his first full season as a starter in an 82-game season, right? And this is with him missing a few games with a broken uh, hand. Glenn Rice averaged 15.8 points that year as the third option. And the Lakers had a 19-game winning streak, a 16-game winning streak, and an 11-game winning streak that season. And if it weren't for Phil Jackson taking his foot off the gas pedal, the Lakers had a very good shot at winning 69 games that year. Matter of fact, him taking his foot off the gas really pissed off Phil Harrison. Philip Harrison, uh, Shaq's stepfather. And with that, a lot of the reasons why the Lakers won so much that year, from what I saw, was because of Glenn Rice. There was a threat. His defense wasn't great, but his defense was never great. But his threat as a third option won the Lakers and made things much easier. But for some reason, didn't get enough credit and... The Lakers decided that they didn't want to sign him to the contract, which is fine. I I, I kind of understood the money part of that because you still had Rick Fox and Robert Ori there that you could fall back on. And, of course, the Lakers ended up having a better team uh, a year later, even though the, the regular season record wasn't the same. So it's – Buddy Hield is – Yeah, he Joe, he's – and you're right. He's the only sniper and sharpshooter – that never really caught that bug here. Right. It was Terry Teagle caught the bug. Jitty Capono caught the bug. Troy Murphy oh, no. caught oh, the my. bug. Yeah. Troy Murphy caught the bug. Remember Mike Brown and Troy Murphy? Troy Murphy's a dead-eye shooter. Yeah, he was. He dead-eyed him right out of the rotation. Jeez. <laughs> yes, it would search. It, it Heald would work on this team, of course, but at the expense... It's just not the right way to go. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. So we've heard some great thoughts out there on Buddy Heald, and thanks so much again for joining us right here at the Lakers Fast Break. It is Joe Sorrell, the Magic Man, Sean Grice, and me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching and listening. If you have not yet subscribed, Please hit the little Joe with the beady eyes right next to me on the right-hand corner of your screen on YouTube to get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air with the latest Lakers Fast Break. But before we head on out, uh, still quite a bit to talk about as far as the rotation is concerned. And I know that Brian had some good thoughts and a lot of others in regards to, okay, we've got this really deep roster, but there's some names in this roster 
on where they play and when do they play. So I ask you guys, I'm bringing this question to you. We already know or have a good idea outside of one spot who the starting lineup will be. It will most likely be, of course, D'Lo, Austin, LeBron, AD, and one other player, whether you want it to be Christian Wood, whether you want it to be Rui Hashimura, whether you want it to be, of course, for Jaron Vanderbilt. So one of those players, most likely, or Jackson Hayes, if you're Laker Tom, throwing the really, really long shot in there. So I ask you this, guys. Who are the next players to play? Now, a typical rotation during the course of the season is 9 to 11 players is what we see. It gets shortened up for the playoffs. I get that. But we're dealing with the playoffs as far as rotation later on. That's a, another topic for another show on another day down the road. Your thoughts on this, Magic Man? I'll start with you first. Who are the next players in line that will get the initial shot as far as being in the regular rotation for the Los Angeles Lakers behind the starting lineup based off of what you said the starting lineup the other day when we talked about it was Jared Vanderbilt in your starting lineup if I if I'm not mistaken so mm-hmm. if that's the case who are your next five players that are going to consistently provide minutes early on you know depending on results or depending on if you give someone else an opportunity for the Los Angeles Lakers to start out the season. Yeah, well, we I, I think uh, if we go back to, you know, kind of uh, the simplest explanation, Gerald, if we look at Ham's uh, rotations and what he likes. Three guards, three guards. Yeah. So you're going to have to probably live with the fact that he's going to substitute Vando out and likely bring in Gabe Vincent. So you're probably going to have you know, Vincent. is he the first one off the best bench? Because it would be to me, Rui Hashimura. Okay, if you want to bring up, bring out Rui, fine. But I, I think you need to, you need to balance out uh, that with some, some, some perimeter defense there, uh, Gerald. We do know that, like Rui is essentially a three guarding bigger force now, um, yeah. and LeBron is is a four guarding. Uh, less athletic and slower fours and Rui or Vando is guarding the, the other kind of four. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if, if that's the case, yeah, I'd bring out, I bring out Gabe first and then I would bring out Rui. Uh, and then you're likely probably going to bring out Christian Wood at some point because mm-hmm. you're probably going to want to balance out the playmaking because it's likely that LeBron and, or somebody like, uh, D'Lo is eventually going to be subbed out for for Prince because I think I think between LeBron, uh, Austin Reeves, and Wood as probably your 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 top three facilitators playmakers, you're likely going to want at least a volume three point shooter out there with them and maybe two. But something tells me Ham's going to sparse it out. I think between. D'Lo and Prince on who he plays with them. But yeah, so Gabe, Rui, Wood, I, I, I think Gerald, outside of that, I think maybe mm, I could see Reddish coming off the bench as well. Uh, I, I, I could see them going to Reddish before they went to Hayes, personally. Okay. All right. Joe, uh, for me, all I see right now for this a for certain thing coming off the bench, and I'm also like Magic Man, that I think that Vanderbilt's going to be the one that's going to start. 
Uh, and then, of course, AD, sorry, you're still going to start at the five. I'm also going to say that the only sure thing to me as far as coming off the bench on an every game rotation and every game basis right now, based on what I see, is going to be first up Rui Hashimura as the sixth man, Gabe Vincent as the seventh, and Christian Wood as your eighth. After that, uh, all bets are off for me. I would like to see Max Christie get a chance and get an opportunity ahead of Cam Reddish because I understand the theory of Cam Reddish, but as I've been saying now for almost uh, six months, or actually I've been saying this since December of last year, excuse me, when the Cam Reddish to the Lakers rumors and, and tweets started happening, I'm saying that, you know, he has to improve from the outside before he ever gets a, a you know, a regular shot in the NBA once again. But your thoughts, my friend, again, after eight players for me, I think that you're going to see a constant millowing after that beyond those first eight. The acceptance of those roles is what's going, what I'm going to be waiting to see. We have a few players that have something to prove, Reddish being one, Jackson Hayes being another, and then you have expiring contracts technically in D'Angelo Russell and um, <clears throat> players like that. So how D'Angelo has shown that he's he's an, he's accepted his role. He's been very accommodating. He's been supporting off the bench. Uh, so I believe he's going to give us full effort. And we'll, we'll see a very good D'Angelo Russell this season. Maybe the same as last year up until the Denver series. But to me, that's – I just – I can't – I can't expect someone to be different than what I've seen already. I, I, I'm not going into the season expecting D'Angelo Russell to all of a sudden play stout defense. I think that's not very realistic. If for, by some miracle that happens, then that's great. Uh, but what I'm going to be paying attention to is who's going to be able to adjust to playing five minutes one game and then 18 minutes the next game. That's what's going to help this team. Can you contribute at five minutes and 18 minutes in different nights. Because if you if you do that, the continuity, the chemistry, the the will to win, the the focus on winning the championship would be there for everyone. Uh, Darvin Ham is, I would say, if I had to, if I had one concern before I even see anything, I, I'm concerned about his rotations. I want, I don't want to see stubbornness. I don't want you to be the typical coach that's stubborn. We don't need a stubborn coach. We need a coach that can adjust, and he's going to have to adjust each game. Heck, he's going to have to adjust the first two games right out the gate. Denver, Phoenix. He's going to have to adjust and play different lineups during the 48 minutes in each of those games. How he how he at least lets that kind of develop is going to be something I'm going to be paying attention to very, very closely. If he comes out and he's just putting up lineups that just don't, that don't make sense, it's he's going to have to change it immediately, right away. Uh, but I don't think he should be in that position, even with only five preseason games. He, he needs to know how to set this thing up. He's got the talent to do it. He needs to make sure that it's set up the right way for whatever team he's playing against. If there's injuries to the main guys, then at that point, all 
bets are off. This, I mean, there's nothing really you can do. I'm not expecting Darvin Ham. We, to... we, we, we definitely, Joe. Of all, of all the things, of all the things this year, that's the one thing that cannot happen. Somebody really significant or important has some knickknack injury early on. Instead of being, you know, like a two or three week thing, it turns into a two month thing. That's that's kind of what happened with Steve Nash and his back in 2012-13. The Lakers can't afford to have something like that happen, even with the depth they have. It be it that would be a fly in the ointment for sure. That's why that's why it, I think it's really important that th- that they understand as soon as training camp is over they have ideas about where they really want to go with this especially with the depth because Gerald I'm, I'm it's it's a different sport different example but it's important when you have when you have a young team and outside of LeBron and AD Lakers are kind of a young team you need as much playing time or as much practice time as possible so you can develop that continuity and chemistry. One of the big problems now in the NFL is that because a lot of the premier players and the management have decided that they're not going to play a lot during the preseason, if they have an injury or a snake bitten somehow, it's very difficult to pick up the pieces and continue moving on. We see it with the Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Burrow. Burrow Burrow was absolutely 100% honest after that game and said, I didn't play much during, during preseason and we've got a young team and we just haven't got the reps yet. When you're a vet with Joe has talked about this before, when you're a veteran team, you can kind of get away with that especially if you're competing with a championship because you've played together for so long that the continuity is almost second hand. But when you're younger and you don't have that kind of experience, that lack of practice or lack of, of preparation just kills you. It kills you. Absolutely. But uh, we'll see what the variations for Darvin Ham, what they will be. Looking forward to definitely checking that out on a daily basis right here at the Lakers Fast Break. And, of course, you know, as we get closer and closer to training camp and the season, please make sure you follow us, subscribe, because you know we're going to be on after every game. We're going to also try and shoot for pre-games as well. So looking forward to a ton of coverage right here at the Lakers Fast Break. But, guys, before we head on out, uh, talking about a little bit more about the rotation, a little bit more uh, when it comes to it, again, uh, you know, there is now a talk, like, like you guys said, between Max Christie and also as well Cam Reddish, essentially, are vying for the same position, so to speak, maybe buying into some of the minutes that Torian Prince has as well. Your thoughts, Joe, on this, uh, again, uh, very important for each and every one of those individuals I just named to have a good season for the fact that all three could be eligible for some big money sometime next season in the summer after the season ends. Excuse me. Yeah. Jackson Hayes, Cam Reddish, indirectly, D'Angelo Russell, Jared Vanderbilt just signed an extension. So he's no longer working on a, on an expiring contract. Torian Prince is another, 
Uh, they're going to have the motivation. Christian Wood? Christian Wood, for sure. Hayes, Reddish, Prince, uh, and D'Angelo Russell are, are, are going in to their final money this year. And if half those guys play well, Lakers are going to benefit from it. But playing well on a team that's likely going to only have a seven to eight man rotation when it matters is going to be difficult for a team uh, like this. There's just not going to be enough minutes to go around for everyone to make it. So you're going to have to really ball out. Like Reddish, Cam Reddish is going to have to come in and be a scoring machine if you have any shot at getting regular minutes. And as far as Christian Wood, Christian Wood is our first center in the LeBron AD era that can shoot. You have every opportunity to do well. If you start shooting really well at the center position, you are going to be playing and you likely will be starting during the season a lot. That's, 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 that's a reality. That's not fantasy. It's a reality. And you're talking about spreading the floor for a, the greatest floor spreader in the in, in NBA history in a lot of ways. And LeBron James. Just, Once again, Oh, go ahead. Yeah. It's Sorry. just, it's, it's uh there's so many ways this can play out and, and, and benefit for the Lakers. It's just a matter of who's going to come out the gate. Who's going to sustain their lead on their, their the benefit of this team winning? Christie has all the advantages in that matchup too. He's younger than Reddish. At this point in summer league, Gerald he proved he's a better three point shooter than Reddish. He's also on an expiring contract, same as Cam Reddish. He was drafted by the Lakers, so. Uh, Gerald, as we've seen, if Rob Polinka has drafted you, uh, he puts more of an emphasis on your development rather than, say, another player. <coughs> THT. <coughs> he chose THT over Caruso. Got to got to make sure you take care of that cough after we're done with the show. There. there. Yeah, I know. I need some. Uh, I need. I need some. Nyquil. Uh, Get you some. D- Nyquil. Yeah, some DM syrup there, Gerald. There Thank go. you. Yeah, but. I think Christie has all the advantages here. It's just whether or not he's going to take the uh, the the wheel and uh, step on the gas and make sure that Reddish never sees the light of day. Well, to tell you what, uh, we'll see. Again, Cam Reddish, if he's Cam Reddish, that can shoot 33. I'm not asking for a huge number there, Sean. If he can shoot 33 to 35%. I'm asking for big numbers. He would flourish with the Lakers, especially if they keep the pace anywhere near the top five of the league. He would flourish in that time with his athleticism. You've got to admit that. But again, it's all about what he does in the half court with him. And does he have enough attention to detail to use that athleticism on the defensive end better than the statistics have laid itself out? Because again, all these guys that we brought in, little bit on the uh, kind of concerning end on the defense. So Darvin Ham is really going to have to put together a continued solid defense. And we saw that he could after the trade deadline. He did uh, that. They put out there one of the best defensive teams in the NBA. And that's why they had such a great record after the trade deadline. So looking forward to seeing what Darvin Ham could cook up as long as he avoids 
you know, as much as possible, the three guard deals that he loved so much in the past season. Uh, hopefully that he can go ahead and try and give us some less stress here by providing us a winning team without as many three card lineups, but we'll see. But everyone out there, it's been great having this great chat with you. Tomorrow's got a great show for you lined up at around, I think coming up here at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern. I do want to go ahead and mention, I've got Christopher Dodson. He is going to be talking the New Orleans Hornets. So definitely looking for that as far as, the, excuse me, the New Orleans Pelicans. New Orleans Pelicans are going to be on the list right there. So New Orleans Pelicans are going to be the subject for our team preview with Christopher Dodson. But guys, it's been a great episode. Uh, I know Joe, Sean, uh, any last thoughts before we head on out? Gerald, you, no need to correct yourself. That that team has had more names than well, no, uh, sure. it stick at. New I actually had it typed in there. I actually had it typed in my, my chart as New Orleans Hornets. And you guys, when I sent it out there, you know, on the email, you guys didn't correct me on it. So it's just force a habit. It's been Hornets for so long, but it is the Pelicans. Uh, looking for a great conversation, my friend. But go ahead. Any last thoughts, guys, before we Yeah, have absolutely. Uh, going from the New Orleans Jazz to the uh, Hornets, now to the Pelicans. Yes. Um, yeah. We're going to be that... talking some Zion, my friend. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. And if he could, if he can actually stay on the floor, uh, for basketball reasons, we'll see if Chris has an answer on that. Joe, any last thoughts, my friend? Big win for the Dodgers. You talked about it as we were coming into the intro, as you seemingly are now infatuated on doing. Uh, Dodgers, big win, my friend. Uh, they're gonna actually, for once, perform in the playoffs. Uh, I, I, I have my doubts more so than in previous seasons because of all the happenings to their pitching staff. So yeah, I, they've I, been decimated, and and uh, they've Julio. still won a hundred games. I think yeah. give credit for Dave on that. You got to give Dave at least I, a little bit of credit for credit. That. I can't give credit to anyone who doesn't win when it matters. I don't okay. care about hundred right. wins. I don't. You don't I, care about regular season hundred wins. I don't care. I'm done. I I I I watched. I think if I had to guess, I watched probably 130 games last year from beginning to end. Most baseball I've ever watched in the, in my life. They won 111 games and they rewarded Laker uh, Dodger fans with one playoff win, and their pitching staff is decimated this year. It is. The only way they're going to win a, the World Series this year is if they score seven and eight runs, which they've been doing that lately. J.D. Martinez, I don't know what the hell happened in Boston the last few years for him to come to L.A. and do what he did. He's only played in 104 games. He's got 29 home runs and 95 RBIs. Hey, you, you, know, you know what happens when you leave the Northeast and you go oh to the West God. Coast. I, I, so my, my excitement You would is, think that would be easy, that, that – porch that green monster it's not that far away i mean it's high but it's you could just be hitting like double crazy i don't know what's going on in the northeast i I, like racquetball boston and and new york seem to be this gloom and doom areas now same thing with yankee stadium but still got what how close is that right field like yeah that short right field yeah but you know what uh there there is a cloud over the northeast okay there, the excitement of baseball isn't there. Nets have been terrible. The Yankees have been terrible. Boston has been terrible. Baltimore obviously has been playing well, but that, you know that's the first time they've played well in 80 years. It's just I don't 
I don't know what's going on. And it, this seems like maybe the the enthusiasm from the organizations isn't really that high. They don't look like they care about winning. Um, I, well, let I, me let me ask you this. I mean, I I will say I am impressed by this year because I thought this team was, you know, going to be too old and too injured to. It was supposed to be a punt. Yeah, it was supposed to be. And it was supposed they to be up- the year they 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 kind of punted the, the season and then they wait for Otani. Yeah, San Francisco, San Diego, they were supposed to be these, these really hyped up. San Diego and the Angels are two of the most disappointing teams in all of baseball, in my opinion. Uh, both have just laid a big turd on, as far as that's concerned. But yeah, yeah, the Dodgers, I understand you don't want to give Dave Roberts any credit at all for the regular season because you've seen this scenario before. But Sean, uh, you know, I will give him at least a little bit of credit because the fact is, you know, when you win as many games with such a depleted staff, because compare the staffs that they have now, that's the pitching staff they have now to previous years, especially when they won the title or even the like last year when they should have won. Yeah, it just seems to me that they are so much behind on that end. And he's he's uh, doing whatever magic he needs to do to get them to win games. No doubt about it. You know, but then again, with <laughs> When I heard Joe talk about Dave Roberts, it was like that that Billy Bean quote, Art, if you lose the last game of the season, no one gives a f-. Did you only have to go? Okay. Yeah. One, 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 two, all right. I'll bleep that out for audio audience. <laughs> but, yeah, no, uh, I don't. I, I have no. No. No, you, you've had the best team three years in the last seven years, and you've lost all three of those years. In pathetic fashion, too. Always taking out your pitcher too early. You won the one World Series because some guy named Kevin Cash did a Dave Roberts to Dave. Well, you got to admit they were cheated out of one. They were cheated out of one. Yeah, that, some that, point, world, that World Series shouldn't exist. At some point, I'm. I, I need to Talk get to on baseball, with my life. Uh, we need to get on with our lives one. instead of sitting back and worrying about and being Rob Sacramento Matt. Kings fans. And worrying about what happened seven, eight years ago. I don't, I don't, I'm done with it. It's over. The, the spineless did what they did. Opposing fans let them hear it. They still let them hear it. Now, what I wanted was I wanted a couple shots at putting, putting my own foot in their mouth. And you failed in miserable fashion, too. One game, you win one mother effing game after 111 wins. Why? Why don't? Why do you keep taking your starters out when it's too early? When you know your bullpen sucks in the playoffs. Why? I'm High like, we're the only Joe ones that know this. Who? What analytical idiot keeps playing the same record over and over again? This is not about getting. This is not about running into Reggie Jackson hitting three home runs and jacking your team up. This is you making the same goddamn mistakes year in and year out, losing important games. If you keep doing that, I'm going to shun you down. Hey, but, I can only blame myself because I actually brought the subject up. But go, no, yeah, no, 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 no. It's important to it's important to know. It's it, we're, we're talking about Darvin Ham's stubbornness, right? If he's not stubborn and coaches well, because a lot of these guys do this. Look at look at winning time. Look what happened with Westhead. Look how that kind of developed, right? Look what happened at the end of Pat Riley's reign. At some point. The Buffalo Bills were, were – Doug Flutie got us to the playoffs, but we're going to replace him 
with Rob Johnson. <laughs> uh, Elvis Gerba. Elvis, Elvis Gerba is, is, is not playing. Rich Gannon leads the Chiefs to the number one seed, and all of a sudden they decide to put Elvis back into the starting lineup. They lose the first game in the playoffs. It's the stubbornness of, of coaches and, and management that kill teams just as bad as malcontent players. Sam Mitchell, let's talk about the 81-point game real quick, and then we'll go on. Jalen Rose said he refused to double Kobe. For what reason? He's explaining the story. Can we double this guy? And Sam Mitchell tells Jalen Rose, if you do that, you're out of the game. What the kind of stupid coach is this? Double the guy. He's killing you. So I'm not – We the Dodgers have left at the very least – Two titles on the table, at the very least. They should have three, technically four if you count the cheat in 17. But Boston doesn't get enough flack for cheating in 18 either, which is mind-boggling to me. They caught them cheating too, but for some reason everybody says "Eh, eh, they were too good that year. I'm like, what the freak does that even mean? They cheated that year too. So it's been one big cluster F of lost opportunity you're not helping the matters by adding to the misery. You lose out in 2021 when you should have won. You lose out in 2022. Now, what are you going to do? Now you're going to win a world championship with no pitching staff? Maybe that's how it ends. I don't know. We'll see. But it is uh, the Dodgers uh, have now now won their division or clinched their division to clinch the playoff spot. They're looking real good heading into the playoffs. How good? We'll wait and see. Obviously, we'll hear it from you fans in our – Best Lakers chat room that's out there, the Lakers Fast Break, and of course, our own Joe Sorrell. You did get us to 20 likes on YouTube, and thus, I was informed that Kurt Affair, <laughs> he's doing 1,000 virtual push-ups right now in honor of the 20 likes, so we truly appreciate you doing that. Big shout-out to Darren and Intel Wild for their awesome Super Chat contributions. You're always welcome to do it. It really helps us out in the show. It's not required. But we truly are immensely grateful if you do. Cannot thank you enough. Uh, Joe, uh, any last thoughts on the merchandise? I know it's getting closer and closer to training camp, but I wanted to make sure that was mentioned. I knew, that something, I, knew I said I have to go ahead and remind Joe of something to go ahead and tell the audience. Yeah, once, yeah. once, once the site's up, we'll obviously send the link and we'll be, you guys will be able to start ordering probably around training camp. Okay, well, there you have it. All right, looking good indeed. But once again, it is the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate all your support. For those listening as well, uh, whether it's on Spotify, whether it's on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go ahead and get your podcasts, we are immensely grateful for your support as well. We're heard around the world, and we cannot thank you enough. And viewed around the world, we cannot thank you enough for doing so. We'll be back tomorrow. Like I said, the New Orleans Pelicans will be the subject and topic that I hopefully will get scheduled and get knocked out because we had to reschedule our Oklahoma City. I don't want to have to reschedule two conversations, so I'm hoping we can go ahead and get it done. But Christopher Dodson is going to be scheduled for later here in tomorrow on Friday. So look forward to that at 4 p.m. Pacific. So for Joe Sorrell, also as well, Mr. Magic Man, Sean Grice, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching this. Please like, share, and subscribe. If you got a Lakers fan in your life that really, really enjoys Laker talk out there, please 
we think of ourselves as one of the best shows out there. You have told us on many occasions how good we are. We truly are committed to you on providing you another great season of Lakers Talk. And we think that no one else out there, absolutely no one else out there, provides you better than what we can do for the Lakers, Lakers Talk, than the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.